Welcome, historians. Host Austin he they she and host Brenda she her have been waiting for you. Come along for secret histories of nerd mysteries. intro goes that we totally remembered to ask our music maker to make for us for real we totally remembered and you won't hear any of this we'll have that audio we totally definitely didn't forget about until right now and i also definitely actually know where the file is for our goes to the movies theme song (laughs) and i have not lost it in the ether when i switched computers and (laughs) <laughs> it's definitely, you heard all of that instead of us saying all of this. Don't worry, you definitely heard the right thing. <laughs> I have actually lost the the, the Ghost of the Movies theme Esperanza's song is going to at you in our Discord. Like, here's the file print. I'm going to pin okay. it to the Discord. Don't lose it. Yeah, and then I just, I got to set it back up in the software with, like, the intro and, like, blah, 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 blah. It's a whole, you know. it's very technical. We're a very you technical know. show here. <laughs> we have a whole, there's a, there's two monitors between us, technically. Technically. <laughs> <laughs> it's surprising that anything runs around here. <laughs> I love this show, so I love you so much. I love you, too. Hey, everybody. We're recording at night, so we've had a whole day of experiences before sitting down to to talk to you. How's everyone? How's everyone doing? How I are like you? everyone. Like we, we don't have a secret guest. Uh, I'm I made <laughs> baked tacos. Oh my god! But it was it was burrito. It was International Burrito Day. Austin. Was it really? Yes, it really oh, was. I don't. Hey, I guess fuck me. I, I don't know. I don't follow. <laughs> I, I, the only one I ever really care about is pizza because I love pizza. My partner's mm-hmm. like, pizza is like, okay, you know? So I'm always like, well, it's a national pizza day. I have to get the pizza I want. No one can stop me. And every And then you single, go to Little Caesars. <laughs> every single year without fail, I find out like three days later. It'll be like <laughs> on Twitter, like trending international pizza. I'm like, oh, cool. And I'll click and I'll be like, this tweet from four days ago went, went viral. And I'm like, wait, what? I missed pizza day. Excuse me. Well, I'm in several burrito-themed discords and a forum <laughs> on Tripod. Really? No, I'm kidding. I wouldn't be shocked if you were in a burrito discord. I'm not in a I don't know what that bur- says about you. <laughs> I'm in less discords than you would think. Like, I actually am in very few discords, and two of them are Conan-themed. Mm-hmm. So, well, two and a half of them are Conan-themed. <laughs> Our other Conan discord, be. our private friend Conan discord, um, descended into chaos. And yeah. now it's anything goes, really. And There's like one Conan <laughs> corner that I feel like I'll check corner. every so often for like a movie night and nine yeah. times out of ten, like Conan's not even in that channel. I know. Every so often me and my friend go into the co- and we talk about Conan briefly, but typically we'll just like talk about it over Facebook Messenger now. And now we have just so many 
Luda emojis in the chat. We had a friend Every who hadn't been I in the Discord. In, I'm like, hey, what's a hey, what's going on in here? I'm just <laughs> One of our friends who hadn't come into the Discord in a while, like, posted on Twitter, just like, hey, what happened to the Conan Discord? And just posted all of the loot emojis. And we're all like, yeah, it's got, there's other themes now. There's a JoJo corner, and there's a um, a pirate, you know, yelling about the pirate show. And mm-hmm. then there's a corner for the Swedish band Ghost now, so. Sure. Um, we contain multitudes. It's absolute madness, and I love it. It's it's the Discord I stay most current on, and then I pop into like my my two other Conan ones every so often, and um and then sometimes I say hello to the friends of Applebee's, which is our other. I am. I lurk in all Discords. If I'm in your Discord, I promise that I have not been active, and I lurk, and you'll tag me, and I'll be like, "What's up?" And then I won't I won't respond whenever like I'll be like, "Hey, how's hey, what is it?" And then it'll take too long and I'll close and be like, well, never going to see what their question was. Yeah. So don't I, tag me unless your question is ready because I will come look, ask you, you'll, you'll wait just be like, 45 Bam. seconds and leave. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. Hopefully we'll watch a Conan movie soon. It's been a while and I know we really want to watch um, movie 24, which is still mysteriously missing and undubbed. It's it's all very mysterious. Like it was supposed to premiere in November. Mm-hmm. At um, Anime NYC, mm-hmm. it was canceled last second. Mm-hmm. And where is it? It where is it? What Listen, happened? I I still think where? they want you to solve the case, and no one's. Where they were like they're very disappointed that no one has tried to solve it. Awesome. Can I give you a little spoiler for that movie? I Brenda, I don't. I <laughs> I he's a little boy. That's all, like all I know. Everything I know about Conan is from you and like the five episodes <laughs> I've watched. Um, the it starts out in Detroit. Oh fuck! Yeah, and they went That's where to the Detroit. First clue is. Yeah, they went to Detroit to scout locations because, like, at the end hardcore. of every movie, I know at the end of every movie they show like you know scenes from like where they went scouting locations, and they'll mm-hmm. have like live action footage over the credits. Mm-hmm. And they they went to Detroit. There's like footage of the People Mover. A murder occurs on wow. the People Mover, and wow. I'm like, damn, I was just there like wow. three days ago when I saw it. I just got back from Yomakana. I was just like, I was just there. Wow. I was like I was like, hey, excuse, is this Detroit? Is this <laughs> is this really Detroit? Excuse, excuse me? Is What's this so Detroit? It's like Detroit's like a real city. So like if people were filming, you, you wouldn't think to ask what they're filming for like, oh, it's Detroit. That, that, you, know, like, you just so, keep going. Yeah. Someone asks and is like, What are you filming? And they're like, Oh, like Detective Conan um movie The Crimson Scarlet Bullet, sorry, it's Scarlet Bullet. It's they a Crimson Love Letter. Away. They're like a de- yeah, detective, they're like, co- and they already started walking away <laughs> before. They're like, what the hell is a detective Conan? Like the oh. late night host, <laughs> <laughs> like Conan O'Brien, no, Conan the Barbarian. A- oh no, no, he's he is a cartoon. Um, but oh, Dave the Barbarian. Dave no, I, the, the bar- name is Conan. <laughs> He's con- you don't know. How do you not? It aired here. What? It did? <laughs> oh, I remember that from Adult Swim. He had a he had a gun watch. He was like he was like Inspector Gadget. No. <laughs> I remember seeing that at three in the morning. I think <laughs> it was. I was half awake and I had to pee and like he was on this. And when I came back, it was a commercial. So I went back to bed. <laughs> exactly. We have news. Ezra Miller is 
going through it. Unhinged. Just fully. Is a quote that I read this morning. Um, Their behavior (laughs) on the set of The Flash. Absolutely bananas. Like, Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is. So, so, Ezra Miller's been going through a lot. Uh, Their most recent arrest is for disorderly conduct and harassment, which is, like, wild that that's all it is technically. We will, I will mm-hmm. get into, like, what they did. Um, but the reason we're talking about today is that as of this recording, just right now, like, an exclusive came out from Rolling Stone that the uh, Warner Brothers team is having an emergency meeting to meet literally just about Ezra Miller and what the fuck they're going to do about them being in so many other properties. Yeah, they... Warner Brothers has worked themselves into a corner, you yeah. know? <laughs> what do they you, are, like, They're in uh, the the new Wizard Boy movies, right? Yeah, the Unnameable Boy Wizard prequels. Yep. Um, and in The Flash, which is supposed to come out in, what is it, November now? I think. July? It keep, it's, the, it's like DC, they keep pushing back and it's like, I don't know if DC's officially said it, but like every single person following it knows it is like the movie DC is trying to linchpin on their new like model of movies because they've said multiple times that they have a new way they're gonna like connect the stories of their movies and it's gonna be like something you've never seen before and it's gonna be revolutionary and they're no longer gonna have just like one actor playing one character for one like set of films like at some point they'll be like there'll be four different batman movies running but it's not like you the way frankly it it should be like i don't really care who's batman like it's make-believe whatever um i don't think that should be a big deal to people that's like I mean, it's make-believe. Like, when you switch artists for, like, a Batman run, like, Bruce Wayne looks different. It's still Batman. You don't care. Uh, exactly. But this whole, and every single person following it knows, like, oh, because Flash is going to do Flashpoint stuff. Like, that's how they're going to, like, fix their universe of, like, movies that have failed and started and <laughs> failed. Is like, they're like, we'll just do Flashpoint. And that's why it's such a mess. <laughs> we can solve this using Flashpoint. Whenever DC like has to fix anything, they did this with their like animated cartoon universe. When they decided that they wanted to do like, have it be like in like all of their animated movies be in like some kind of continuity. They were just like, we'll do Flashpoint. We'll, we'll fix everything. And this, they yeah. did the same thing here. They're like Flashpoint, fix yeah. everything. They, they did, did that with the like CW the, show. The, like, I was just about to say we'll, that because they were just we'll, like, you know what we'll do? We'll do Flashpoint. <laughs> we'll do Flashpoint. We'll end Arrow by doing Flashpoint. It's easy. It's like, so easy. We'll just flash, like, D- Flashpoint is like, DC, there's a case somewhere in like the DC offices that's like in case of failed properties break <laughs> open and it's yeah. just Flashpoint. Copy of Flashpoint in <laughs> and they're just like, we've got it. The Flash will save us. Well, right now, looks as though the Flash has done fucked everything up again. <laughs> uh, so Ezra Miller has been, you know, they like choke slam someone when they yeah. were on the. The, I believe it was on the Fantastic Beast press tour uh, internationally, which kind of like swept under the rug. Like I didn't see a lot of chatter about it until recently, when people were like, "Hey, remember when they did this?" And I was like, "When they did what?" <laughs> well, it, excuse me, they choke chokes and what? Oh, excuse me. Yeah. Like who? Then there's there's a thing that a lot of people saw, which is like they released a video threatening the KKK in the area, which I was like, "Yeah, get them." Like I I don't yeah. know. Like you're I famous. They probably won't, they yeah. probably won't mess with you. Like get them. Uh, and the most recent thing, the rest were, they had some DUIs in there, which I'm always kind of like, I mean, eh, what yeah. famous person hasn't? Every, uh, yes, every single one. It sucks, but. Mm. Yeah. And then they had this recent, which is rest for disorderly contact and harassment. They were in Hawaii. I just lost where in Hawaii they were. Um, 
Anyway, March 28th, they became agitated after patrons at the at the bar started singing karaoke. Which, oh, I mean, they're drunk, I guess, like, people, pro- it seems like people thought they were, like, joking, you know? Because it's, like, a thing to heckle people at karaoke. Like, it's like, haha, and also they're famous. Like, you're not gonna, like, everyone knows they're the Flash. Uh, yeah. And they're film. I believe Hawaii is where they're filming. I believe they were, like, out there for a shoot. Mm-hmm. Uh, so shouting obscenities and grabbed the microphone from a 23-year-old woman as she was singing, allegedly lunged at a 32-year-old man playing darts. Jeez. Uh they were then arrested and charged on both counts and released on a five hundred dollar bail. And you're like, okay, well, uh, and it took oh, it took place in Margar in Margarita Village in Hilo, Hawaii, the day before, um, they were celebrating the premiere for Fantastic Beasts. That's what it was. Ah, uh, okay. Uh, on March 29th, the like reports are coming out, and they were filed a temporary restraining order against Miller with the police there. Uh. Be- so this is wild. Uh, after Miller got arrested and got out on bail, the $500 bail, went back to Margaritaville, uh, Margarita Village, which is like a resort, mm-hmm. found their bedroom, burst into the bedroom. Jesus Christ. And threatened them. The, this Again, this seems to be a couple. Assumedly, they're in the bedroom together. Uh, yeah. Miller says to the man, I will bury you and your slut wife. End Jesus quote. Christ. Uh, the petition for the... Um, restraining order also alleged that Miller stole the woman's passport, the man's wallet, and the man's wallet had a social security card, driver's license, and bank cards. I don't know why you that's keep a- all that in one place, but that's, yeah. some people are not smart. This is <laughs> a big crime. <laughs> do not keep all those things in your wallet, please, for the no, love of please. God. Do not keep all those things in one place and let it be your wallet you carry on your person. I carried my social please. security card around with me for a very long time. <laughs> I am the fool. Until <laughs> so someone's like, why do you have this? And you're like, well, it's important. And I was like, yeah, you don't need you don't like need it. <laughs> yeah, you don't need it all the time, though. Just put it in this safety envelope in this go bag for yeah, emergency. It is like, <laughs> like an emergency bag. Uh, yeah. Their shitting runner was granted and the judge is made, supposed to make a decision at the end of this month for an April now before to like make it permanent. Um, but right now mm-hmm. it's temporary. So that other stuff wasn't in the initial police report, which is why I'm like, $500 seems like low for threatening to murder someone. Yeah. Uh, and it's also kind of wild they haven't gone back and like charged for like, uh, I don't know, like that's got to be something telling someone you're going to kill them, right? After you already were arrested for assaulting them, right? Yeah. Like it feels like something. I can't articulate like what? But it feels uh, like it feels like um bad. <laughs> yeah. And so the other the other thing was in Iceland. I just found it. It was in Iceland, Iceland. where they choked a woman and like put and shoved her to the ground. Jesus. Uh, in an, an Iceland bar, and it was it was something that happened there, and they were removed from the bar, but no arrests were made in Iceland. Uh so jeez, it's like not looking great for Ezra. I don't know what's going on. Like this yeah. is like. supposedly like back when they worked on justice league things were like more chill and between that and now something happened something happened and i don't know if it's like like a mental health issue that's not being addressed or treated Mm -hmm. or if like i guess fame went to their head or something like like maybe they were always kind of like this because there are reports from like i think it was 20 what was this uh they're in an interview for back in 2000 18 saying some pretty like out there out of pocket stuff about like 
gun control and we should all have semi-automatic weapons and like who cares kind of stuff uh so like maybe it was always like this and they just now that they're more famous more eyes are on them and it's gotten worse or like now people are just paying attention because because they're i mean they're in billion dollar franchises and they were harassing people before Mm -hmm. i don't we don't know uh but it is pretty troubling because it, the first, because the Flash switched directors because like people didn't want to work with them. Yeah, which is which should have been a sign at first to like stop, like pull back, mm. like you don't have to work with this person. You mm-hmm. can hire anyone to be the Flash. You can literally just just grab the the CW Flash by the little scruff of his suit and just throw him. In Guess here. what? Like, Flashpoint. What? Flashpoint. <laughs> Just, oh no, the TV Flash is now movie Flash. Oh Flashpoint. my goodness. And now he's in wild. this. Fla- you can do anything with Flashpoint. You can be like, oh, well, is Superman, whatever. Bah. Like, <laughs> like it, listen, I'm letting, if you are someone who's never watched a DC thing or read a DC book, I absolutely promise you, anytime it seems like you're like, ever all of this seems bad, you can guarantee they're going to do some kind of like the Flash Flashpoints again. Mm-hmm. Was it? What was it? It was... Convergence. Convergence, where it's like, the Flash was not dead. They were just running. And then Flashpoint happens when they stop again. Yeah. Jeez. You know, they'll just drag out those, like, Flashpoint universes. Because, like, Flashpoint had, like, a bunch of, like, fractured universes. Right. And they'll be like, oh, look, look, Flashpoint Superman's here now. Look at him. He's skinny. (laughs) Like, oh, man, it's Flashpoint Batman. Oh, they love to drag out Flashpoint Batman. Because Flashpoint Batman is... um, Bruce's dad, right? Papa, yes. Daddy Wayne. (laughs) But he has a gun. And Mom is Joker. He has a gun. Yeah, and Mom's a Joker. Which is compelling. I just wish the... Story was actually good. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, yeah. Oh no, that's what it was. When the Iceland footage like resurfaced recently, the director, the original director for the Flash, retweeted it and just put in quotes "creative differences" because that's why uh, they said they left the movie. And I'm like, I'm oh. sorry, did Ezra Miller attack people on set? Yeah, and like no one did anything, which absolutely wild is wild to consider. But knowing what DC and Warner Brothers have done to protect the people who harass ray fisher and who harassed like malt i mean for justice league ray fisher gal gadot ben affleck himself <laughs> um jason yeah, momoa ben, ben affleck like yeah so it's not wild to consider they were also being protected also would make sense because like i think ezra miller was alone from the cast who didn't speak out yeah they were like you know eventually like everyone else spoke out and when um ray fisher got pulled from the flash movie because originally he was supposed to have like a big part in that yeah to be, like because they were kind of really played up that they were bu- they were bros yeah. in the movie which was really like the one of the most endearing parts of justice league was like because they did have like you know some some good moments and it's like mm-hmm. something could be here they could they could mm-hmm. be buddies they're kind of like mm-hmm. the closest in age but um yeah like Ezra didn't say anything when Ray got pulled from yeah. the Flash after, like, all of this. Yeah. And it's like... And I thought it was just because, like, they're, non-binary, they're a non-binary actor. They're worried about mm-hmm. jeopardizing their job. You know, maybe they told Ray in private, like, I want to. And Ray's like, no, like, I don't want you to get fired. Don't... Because, you know, like, Ben Affleck's, like, Ben Affleck. Like, yeah. he, like what, what does he fucking care? Like... Yeah, Ben and Gal and Jason, like, they don't have anything to lose. Like No, like, like good good luck firing any of those people. Like, good luck, you know? Um, yeah. Like, they're all huge. They're all huge. Like Massive. Like, fire, fire Gal Gadot and see what happens. Like, do I think she can act? No, but see what happens. 
Just uh, just wait and see. But, you know, now knowing all this, I'm like, maybe Ezra Miller didn't say anything, because they're like, hey, man, they let me fucking choke some of directors, so I'm going to keep my mouth shut. Yeah, it's it's all very sussy. Yeah, it's not great. Uh, But while I was going through this article, uh, something else jumped out at me. So at the beginning of this article, Brenda, and at the end Mm -hmm. of this article, for some reason sandwiched between it, is paragraphs about the Will Smith slapping that don't really pertain to this article. This is so wild. Like, why do you have to mention in this article about Ezra Miller choke slamming someone? Like, it is absolutely fucking wild to me that. So okay, well, so if you don't know, which some of you might not, like, not everyone keeps up on stuff. Oscars mm-hmm. happened a few weeks ago. By the time you listen to this, I don't know. The Oscars happened. Uh, Chris Rock gets on stage, starts telling jokes because he's—that's what he does. He tells mm-hmm. bad jokes. Um, yep. We all know this. You smile and nod until he leaves. Yep. Uh, one of the jokes he tells makes fun of Jada Pickett Smith's alopecia, uh, mm-hmm. which she's been very outspoken about having and very outspoken about like how hard it's been for her. Yeah. It's not like she's like I have alopecia, but like you know I'll be Professor X. She's like she she hasn't like joked about it at least not publicly. Yeah, no. She's not like there yet. It's um, like really difficult to kind of go through that because like so much of like womenhood is like tied to hair and yeah, yeah it's and especially black women it's wild because like yeah. chris rock literally made a documentary about like what yeah. hair means to black women moving on he makes a joke i'm not you can look up the joke it was a bad joke uh mm-hmm. and like the usual thing happens like people laugh and you see a shot of jay pickett smith looking very upset like before yeah. that he's making fun of will smith will's laughing mm-hmm. will smith is like on record like he's like people make fun of me like he this is not new to him uh yeah sometimes it's funny you like when they make fun of his clean rap i'm like that's funny sometimes mm-hmm. it's like when he's like emotionally upset not so great like we yeah. made a we made a mean of will smith having an emotional breakdown yeah uh but the joke gets said chris rock goes to move on will smith gets up walks up to chris rock slaps him on stage walks away and then like shouts at him for a bit uh to mm-hmm. essentially like don't like leave leave my wife alone uh which you think would be the end of it at the end of the night will smith won his first oscar for best actor about time um way overdue and he he apologized then to like the academy and like everyone else there uh Mm -hmm. for what he did he clearly had a pause where he thought about apologizing apologizing chris rock and then decidedly didn't which i think is fair of just like i feel like chris rock should apologize first uh Mm -hmm. anyway that happened you're like oh it's over I think even, like, a few days later, like, Will Smith releases a statement, like, apologizing again to the Academy. They're like, oh, okay, it's over. Then Will Smith, like, leaves the Academy, like, he resigns, and, like, that seems unnecessary. And all while this is happening, like, every single person, people you didn't even think to care to ask their opinion is giving their opinion on Will Smith slapping Chris Rock. Like, Jim Carrey had an opinion uh, Jim Carrey, shut up, 2022 Jim, challenge. Yeah, Jim Carrey, listen, I just want to see Sonic 2, like, don't ruin yeah, this for me, shut the fuck up. shut up now, I need to go see Sonic. Like, okay. shut up, like, shut the fuck up. Uh, shut up. Amy Poehler had an opinion. Amy, she, or, no, wow, Amy Schumer. I was like, Amy Poehler had an opinion? What? Amy Schumer. See, Amy Schumer, shut up, 2020 yeah, that forever ever, challenge. Yeah, ever. Like, just, just shut don't the fuck say up. anything like, ever again, please. The fact you were even hosting the Oscars was a fucking nightmare. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't about, care if you hear this one day. Yeah. Hearing about jokes that you cut, not funny. You're never funny. 
You're not. <laughs> no. Like, she said that the slap traumatized her. Oh my god. And let me let me pause. I don't know her life. I don't know her traumas. Like, I don't know if she was around abuse growing up. Like, that can be re-triggering. But yeah. saying that the slap event itself traumatized you? No. It was the, one no. smack. Like, I don't know. I'm walking down the street and seeing people get into, like, all-out brawls. And you just, like, keep going, like, all right. <laughs> it's not my okay. problem. Yeah, it's like, I live in a city environment. This just happens. Like, yeah, it, and it's know? just, like, Amy, like, it, it, you know, Amy's whole, like, and the thing is, like, every person who has said something has, like, had this long history. Like, Jim Carrey, all this stuff came out that people didn't really know about because it wasn't he was, like, famous. He was, like, in between being famous peaks. Mm-hmm. Like, he had a whole, like anti-vaxxer vaccines cause autism like ableism stint in his life yeah it's uh, like you remember he was with was it jesse mccarthy yeah uh-huh. was, who's like the the spearhead of the anti-vax yeah. vaccines cause autism movement they were together they were hanging um, out yeah so not great no amy schumer i mean like uh her extensive extensive history of like just <laughs> overt racism in her jokes in her <laughs> yeah, life like, in her lies on the internet about like rates of sexual assault among like just yeah forever her yeah. All, 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 just all of it just not fun she's not funny no she's, i'm five thousand times funnier than her absolutely <laughs> yeah. um and you don't have to be mean you don't have to be mean to be funny you don't. i know that this is a this you is know, a, you know how i know that will smith yeah. is fucking hilarious yeah will smith great i you know like um i I mean i haven't met him but like my dad has worked on sets with him Mm -hmm. and compared to like other actors who are like divas um (laughs) will smith like talks to people like everyone like so contractors Mm -hmm. small-time people will smith um buys food for everyone will smith Mm -hmm. lets everyone use the gym that they're contractually obligated to make sure he has well i mean even like you think look at the bel-air uh, reboot show that he helped make like, like two like two friends were like made a youtube video that was like if bel-air was a modern show mm-hmm. will smith saw this youtube video flew them out to his house in california and was like hey i love this and i've always wondered what it could be like to like tell a modern black story using bel-air as a back as a backdrop yeah let's make it and then he helped them make it happen like he spent who knows how much time like using his like putting his name on it right because these were two youtube creators that i think were like middling you know they weren't like famous but they weren't like it wasn't like their first video because it was a very like high production quality it was a very high editing quality um but they weren't like two like hollywood actors they were just like friends that wanted to make a fan video to something that was important to them and he was like let's do it and now they have a show they have a tv show because will smith saw their youtube video yeah, like, he gave them that opportunity and worked with them and used his own resources to, like, give them a platform. It's, it's you know. like, he is, I, again, we don't know him personally. Yeah. But he, at the very least, like, puts his money where his mouth is. Yeah. He's uh, not someone who would just slap someone for no reason. He doesn't cause any drama. He doesn't, mm-hmm. you know, this was something. This is, like, the first thing. First thing. And he's, like, what, in his 50s? 60s. I'm pretty sure. I think he's, he's been, 50. Yeah. He's been acting for so long, and this is, yeah. like, the first time. He's been acting since, like, know, a teenager. Yeah. You know, and this is the first time. And also, you know, he doesn't cuss very often, so it's like, mm-hmm. well, something happened that we're not seeing. Yeah. Because he wouldn't do this. Like, this Well, this I mean, isn't... you go back, like, Chris Rock has a history of, like, messing with their family. 
yeah like, like when he you know, was when the, he hosted the oscars in mm-hmm, 2016 yeah like he he dialed on them they just weren't there yeah because um jada was boycotting that year because mm-hmm. there weren't a lot of black nominations yeah um and so he chris rock dogged on her that year too mm-hmm. so and it's like we don't know their relationship but like they're both especially being famous black men in hollywood like mm-hmm. i'm sure they hang i've been at certain like private parties together at yeah. events like i don't know what the relationship is like behind closed doors um but you get the sense that like they probably don't like each other yeah like they don't have to like each other but i did hear that um chris rock was doing like a show like after the event happened mm-hmm. and when the audience was trying to like dog will smith he told him to stop so that's mm-hmm. something at least yeah. i guess yeah but it's like it's it should have stopped there it hasn't stopped there it hasn't uh, stopped. Oh, Zoe Kravitz I've followed so also had something people. to say oh yeah that was so we mm. and that was that what was the most wild thing about that one isn't because like every time someone said something black twitter was like oh really <laughs> is this you <laughs> oh and zoe kravitz's thing was like she was like hitting on jaden smith when he was like 14 yeah like ugh. honey ugh. <laughs> honey like come on <laughs> if if your skeleton in the closet is like that time i almost hit on a 14 year old shut up like yeah I, if nothing else like stay out of it yeah, just don't speak. Just don't talk. No one needs to know everyone's opinion. Like, I just simply stepped back and said nothing and yeah. unfollowed a lot of people who were making, like, yeah. memes out of this. I was like, my, I don't have time for this. My favorite person who had something to say was Daniel Radcliffe, who, <laughs> when, yeah. a- when asked about the slap, Daniel Radcliffe said, I don't know. A lot of people are sharing a lot of opinions, and I'm kind of sick of seeing everyone's opinion. I don't want to add to that stack of opinions. But... I will say when I had to go to those award shows and I was a kid, it was very difficult to hear all these jokes about you because you don't know if it's about you or with you. And yeah. you do have to just sit, smile, and laugh. And maybe it's good we don't have to do that. Yeah. Which good, didn't mind me like, Daniel. man, yeah. we, people did dog on Daniel and he was, he was like just 13. Like, <laughs> like, you know, he started doing Harry Potter, sorry, Unnameable Boy Wizard <laughs> when he was like 11. Like, yeah, and people did make fun of like the kids in the cast. And I'm like, man, yeah. they were like actually, maybe there's a, like, Wilson said something, there's a last thing. Wilson released a yeah. state, like a long statement, um, which is why I don't have, I don't, I'm not going to give much of how I feel because yeah. Wilson had his last word. He said how he felt about it. That's all that should matter. It doesn't matter if I think he should or shouldn't have done it. Um, Mm-hmm. But in the statement, he's like, you know, it's a lot of pressure to be at these things, a lot of pressure to be famous and be at these yeah. things. Like, um, and he said in his acceptance speech, too, like, you go to these award shows and you have to, like, sit and smile and laugh and just, like, take all of it and just sit and take it, no matter what's going on. And, like, and he just couldn't take it anymore. Maybe we shouldn't make celebrities do that. Like, yeah. you can make, you can be funny and not make, fun- and even if you want to make fun of people, like, this is, like, fucking email them, like, hey, how did these jokes sound? We think they would land good on air. Yeah, that one's funny about me. Yeah, my ears are big. Uh, we mm. don't really like that one about my wife. Uh, how about this joke about, like, I like my clean rap? Whatever, you know? Yeah. Like, it's all a fucking show. It's orchestrated. I don't care if it's real or not. It doesn't... I don't fucking... Like, it's... You, I. This is a, a war show about fake movies. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like this whole thing is a farce to begin with. So it's just 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 like ask the people, like, hey, 
people expect jokes. Do these jokes sound okay to you if they- Is this actually funny? Yeah. Like, Amy Schumer's bit with, like, uh, I forget, there was, like, someone in the crowd, like, it was all orchestrated, right? And I was like, yeah, "Yeah, and it wasn't funny. You could have not done it. (laughs) But at least you asked them. And it's just, like, that courtesy is clearly not extended to- people of color in the industry, especially black people. Like, mm-hmm. this this all... I mean, I got in this change it, is because this Ezra Miller article, for some reason, felt the importance to, like, talk about Will Smith. Yeah. Why? It's, he... This is nothing... This is not, like, Ezra Miller fought Will Smith. They weren't even in the same city. It's not even the same day. It's, like, yeah, why Yeah, Ezra Miller wasn't why? at the Oscars, so... It's, like, literally nothing to do with Will Smith. It's only to get clicks because, like, people got so in a lather about it yeah. like you know <sighs> anyway um, we're going to the movies and it's been 35 minutes and i'm sorry angel has um plopped down in my lap and this is very abnormal and i'm like angel am i okay angel <laughs> angel's my cat um angel is everything okay buddy like why <laughs> Mom, are you you're in gonna my... have to pee um, yeah like i'm literally just holding his butt because he's like he, he's too big for my lap um mm. he's a big he's a big boy but um mm-hmm. he's a gemini i discovered today so <laughs> i don't know how to feel about that happy for you he's definitely in gemini um but yes we're going to the movies um we watched we took a, another poll thank you everyone who participated in our twitter poll please follow us on twitter um at is it just nerd mysteries on twitter yeah sorry i'm the twitter person we are on yeah. twitter at nerd mysteries come hit us up Watch, yeah. watch for participate stuff. in our polls um someday force austin to watch um batman lego lego batman that day wasn't uh, today that day was not today lego batman um narrowly lost to turning red um which is the 2022 pixar film about a young girl growing up in toronto named maylin who upon entering puberty starts to turn into a red panda when she becomes emotionally overcharged it's great it is great that was that was was that like the was that your own summary did you like read a summary i did not read a summary that came right off the the top of my brain oh shit (laughs) You know, I sometimes said, I that, t- that was cool, but what I actually said, oh shit, about sorry, just <laughs> just I'm I was like, oh let me pull up the turning red like statistics just now, right now, as of yeah. this recording, turning red debuts at number one on Nielsen's streaming top ten. It's good. Um, I was nervous because this is the third, kind of the fourth, halfway the fourth. Mm-hmm. This is the third Pixar film that has been just completely released through yeah. streaming i feel like it's an experiment at this point because like yeah. you know like um what was it uh, over bound out outward out, oh uh, onward. Uh, onward onward <laughs> onward came <laughs> out right at <laughs> we got there <laughs> that's how memorable onward was um onward came out like right at the beginning of the pandemic so yeah. it was released in theaters but it was also one of the first like like shoves to disney plus to be, yeah to be shoved Disney Plus. Also, I watched that movie with my parents. They did not get it. So, um, <laughs> oops. Anyway, so then the next movie was Soul that was released in Christmas. Then Luca was released just to streaming as well. And mm. Turning Red. In this point of the pandemic, it's kind of very nice for Turning Red to be released. In, yeah, because um, it's like, like Disney Plus. a coin flip. And the coin flip usually lands on the in theaters only. Yeah. 
that's where we're at right now. So it was really nice to not have to like go see mm-hmm. Turning Red. And I think at this point, it's an experiment to see like if it's more profitable for Disney to release their films onto their streaming platform yeah. first. And seeing that Turning Red is at the top of the Nielsen ratings. Yeah, it has 1.7 billion minutes watched from March 7th to March 13th. Yeah, it's an incredible movie. This might be one of my favorite movies now. It was um, very, very good. Um, I, yeah. So it had a bu- so the thing that's interesting is like it was like there you can see it in theaters. Mm-hmm. Um, it came out in theaters March 11th. I frankly didn't know that before looking it up for this. <laughs> I had no <laughs> idea it was also in theaters. Yes, yeah. I saw like a couple like you know some TikToks from like screenings that I just assumed were like special like premiere screenings or like because mm-hmm. it was like in la and i was just like oh they're just doing like a special thing you know mm-hmm. like this isn't normal but okay that's good to know that it was released theatrically yeah uh so at a budget of 175 million and box office 13.4 million but again it's also streaming and so what i'll be interested to know is like if they start counting like streaming click like how they're gonna like track that for box office like yeah right? what does that mean like how much money did this actually make are they gonna follow it- like signups around when the movie comes out and you're sitting up yeah. surveys like why did you sign up and i'm wondering like because nielsen's obviously reporting this as like is there's like a new type of nielsen box that like takes this kind of thing into consideration mm-hmm. um because if if everyone doesn't know a nielsen box is a thing that you hook up to your tv and it records the data of what you watch and then sends yeah, that back not, to people it, they do not it, it's not like I know people think what what it is, but it's not like they don't, like, contact the providers. They, like, take it from you. Yeah. Um, I had a Nielsen box. They pay oh, you yeah, to do it. That. Yeah, oh, yeah. They pay you 50 bucks to put it in. I had two channels, and I mm-hmm. think the person was so desperate to, like, get someone to take a Nielsen box. They were like, yeah. And I was like, cool, I'll watch Bob's Burgers because I got Fox. And I was like, yeah. I'll watch Bob's Burgers and Kitchen Nightmares. And that's it. And then they paid you like a certain amount for how long you kept it. But mm-hmm. unfortunately, I had to move and surrender Oof. my Nielsen box. It was sad. I was like, no, I yeah, love my Nielsen box. Because <laughs> it is interesting because it's like, Cherry has the top 10 for streaming programs and top 10 for streaming movies. Yeah. How um, do you know that? <laughs> and it is the only. So it's also because it's like, it's interesting to see these numbers, right? Because we didn't know this before. And I'm looking at it. The only two things putting Disney Plus on the map for all these Nielsen streaming things are Turning Red and Encanto. Yeah, and Encanto, no Everything... one really talked about it until it came out on streaming. Exactly, because no, because guess there's still a fucking pandemic. Hi, Opal. Hey. Opal. You have more? Oh, yeah. That's Opal my dog, says... Opal. Everybody. She Opal doesn't says that hang she out. she thought the um the plot of Encanto was nice, but some of the music was highly derivative of Lin Manuel Miranda's former <laughs> works. Opal, that was very insightful. Thank you, but we are not talking about Encanto today. I'm very sorry. <laughs> about turning red. Turning um, red. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, the last thing I'll say about this new something is all the other things listed are literally it's like dis it's like turning red, a bunch of Netflix shit, Encanto, a bunch of Netflix shit for like yeah. all of the rankings. So. Uh, hey, listen. Looks like looks like trying to rep put you on the map, Disney Plus. So maybe I'm just uh, saying. Just saying. Uh, anyway, where do we start? Turning Red was good. Yeah, Turning Red was good. It is maybe like the most honest depiction of being thirteen, like a thirteen year old girl yeah. that I've ever seen. Because yeah. like g- girls are weird. Being thirteen is really hard. Recontextualizing the entire relationship that you have with your parents. Especially your mother, very mm-hmm. hard. Like, mm-hmm. 
I think it's especially because like people who are raised as girls, especially in like I, I honestly, and I'd say maybe in every culture, but I I I, I live here in the states, so like in the states, mm-hmm. um, they're very much expected to like. I feel like people raised as boys are expected to like grow up and go like be a pioneer or some shit, right? Like you're gonna like leave and find some lady and make her have a bunch of kids or whatever maybe not that exactly depending on your family but like it's like not expected that boys stick around yeah but people raised as girls are expected to like stick around and take care of the family forever Mm -hmm. like you'll move into a house down the street and you'll marry one of some dude's son down the street and you'll take care of us forever so early on the film uh it's so interesting because like i love how this film is staged so like when you meet may She's like, like the film starts and there's like this very traditional, like May is a Chinese Canadian girl. Uh, mm-hmm. And this very traditional, like feeling Chinese opening where it's like traditional Chinese music is playing and the art style is like paintbrush art style, you know? Um, and she's talking about like family and like in my family, you honor your parents and all this stuff. And then like, she's like, anyway, I'm 13, who the fuck I want? See you, nerd. <laughs> she's like i can do whatever i want and then she runs home and like goes to work at the shrine that her parents run yeah she's like i do whatever um, i want and they show her like hang out with her girl she's like i i eat what i want and i listen to them and she's like i'm so cool and i feel like the first time you get a sense of like that's not true is when her friends sneak her they sneak her like a cd which also mm-hmm. let me know i'm like this is not this is like not 2020 <laughs> yeah <laughs> I was this like, movie takes CD? place in 2002 uh, uh. But yeah, and it's so honest in like how she's like when she's with her friend, she's like, you know, I just keep it real. No one can stop me. And she's like, anyway, I got to go home because it's time to clean up the shrine. Mm -hmm. Like, what do you mean? You do like she's like, I love shrine cleaning. Like you clean the shrine literally every day. She's like, no, it's for me. Listen, it's really whatever. I don't care. And then she like (laughs) runs home, like fixes her hair, is clearly very anxious. (laughs) She's like very nervous. She's not going to make it on time. She cleans the shrine. She, like, puts on a little suit. She, like, shows, pe- like, tourists through the shrine. Mm-hmm. Um, and this shrine in particular is for their ancestor, the family's ancestor, who mm-hmm. uh, wi- loved red pandas and loved them so much that she wished she could be one in order to protect her home. Yes. And that has now become a curse that when um, the they- women in the family reach puberty and, like, mm-hmm. start feeling all these emotions and all these feelings, they become... A red panda, panda. literally. The red panda is a metaphor. This is what I love about it. The red panda is a metaphor for, like, not only, like, just, like, puberty, but also, like, kind of, like, the the demonization of, like, feminine emotion. Like, when Mm -hmm. women have, like, very, like, high emotions, Mm -hmm. um, people will, like, try to, like, shut them down and be like, oh, you're being really emotional right now. Like, stop that. Mm -hmm. Like, like, don't talk to me until you're, like, calm down. And it's Mm -hmm. like... (laughs) I think I think dudes do it a lot more. Like, have you seen mm-hmm. a dude throw a tant- temper tantrum? Like, mm-hmm. holy well, it's interesting because again, like people socially raised as guys, like don't get taught to temper their emotions, mm-hmm. and then people socially raised as women, like get taught they have to over temper their emotions. So you end up with yeah. a society of people who like struggle. I feel like a lot of people struggle in their adulthood to like figure out how to communicate because in like again in like a in a like heterosexual relationship it's like two people who were taught different ways to communicate their emotions mm-hmm. their entire life and now they're expected to like get along like i'm a counselor in my day job and i don't do couples work but i see people who are like going through various things and like 
anytime someone's in a relationship, it almost always comes up because it's oftentimes like they've been taught two different ways on how to communicate what they need and how they feel. And they don't know how to like meet because they they're like, I'm I have to keep my panda at bay forever because people hate it. And yeah. the dude's like, well, I'm a shark and everyone wants me to be a shark. And I'm not. I'm, I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm loud and I get to yell. And like and then the other half of it is like, I have to be quiet all the time. I can't let people see like how I'm feeling like I have mm-hmm. to like hold the all inside all the time. Mm-hmm. There's a yeah, scene where May yeah. does that. So when May first gets her panda uh she's she's trying to hide it from everyone Mm -hmm. uh and so she figures out she can control it if she's like perfectly even keeled forever yeah and she tries it for a day she i don't even think she makes it a day like no because her mom shows up (laughs) yeah like she's she's like okay if i just calm down and i just like i'm chill and then she like pandas out again and her mom finds out and Mm -hmm. then her mom's just like all right we have to like literally we have to lock you in this room until we can get my mom out here and to figure out and like to steal the panda away so it's like not a big deal yeah um and but then may's like hey i can actually be really calm and chill and like um please Mm -hmm. um please let me prove it to you and they like put her through like all these tests which is kind of fucked up like all these tests in order to prove that she can like be calm enough um Mm-hmm. But then that all goes to shit because May Lin is a fan of boy bands, um, oh, mid two thousand boy bands, and oh, um, she really wants to go to this concert because that's when the, the boys are going to be here. But it's before the ritual can happen to steal her panda away, so she has to convince her parents to let her go. And her mom's like, "You can't go." Like, yeah, absolutely not. You can't go to see these these twinks also, in concert. Also, they're they're disgusting, right? Like every yeah, like, like, every like parent look at them. Like they're gross. Uh, like we've all like anyone who's in the general vicinity of our ages has been here like has yeah. heard like like you know people being like oh i don't like how like sexualized these these boy bands are like mm-hmm. oh they're like you know thrusting like oh my god like yeah. i've never seen a michael jackson music video before <laughs> like, it's so weird repeats. because like every every single generation has something like i'm sure teens growing up now are like i want to go see like doja cat in concert and there's an yeah. argument there right because like doja cat's music is very adult like she talks yeah. about fucking but um i think like uh k-pop bands are like yes. the equivalent like i guess that very makes sense. yeah very similar to 90s american boy bands like yeah. with, really what that's what they're based on yeah exactly um, you know so they do the thrusting they like take their shirts off they're yeah. like all sweaty like you know yeah. like it's, <laughs> it's yeah very it's, similar. it's very and i mean it, there is something to say about like what they're preying on i'm like what they're preying on is the fact that teenagers are disgustingly horny yeah Uh, like that listen that is like you might might be thinking that's a gross statement it's just a true statement just like talk to if you're a parent of a teen just talk to them they're terribly horny and they don't know what to do with it just help them find what to do if that's appropriate yeah just like talk to them so they know what's happening so they're not like and i didn't go through this because Mm -hmm. i'm painfully aced but i understand that other people did (laughs) um you know like there's a scene where May is like, she can't stop drawing sexy boys in her notebook. Oh my god, that was so fucking She's funny. like, drawing boys and drawing boys and drawing boys. And she's like, oh, what's happening? I can't stop drawing sexy boys. Yeah, she like, like all of her friends are upset. There's like some teen boy who works yeah, at, works at, at the, the convenience the store. And he's store. a total fucking goober because all for all 16 year old cis boys are goobers like he's period. just he's There's, just doing his job he has no yeah. clue this is happening he's just like mm. and she's like i don't get what people see in him and she's like doing her homework yeah. and she like can't stop thinking about him and she's like 
huh and so she draws him like accidentally like the muses take her and she's like huh and she like it's a mermaid (laughs) yeah and she's like fantasizing about him and she's like "Uh uh-oh and she literally rolls off her bed and slides under her bed and just starts drawing fan out of this boy and one of the things she like pauses that's naughty and i'm like oh my god (laughs) and it's like I get that, like, that scene could be, like, stressful to some parents who, like, aren't prepared to, like, talk to their kids about this. But, like, mm-hmm. this is very realistic. Let me yeah. tell you. <laughs> yeah, very, very, very real. Uh, the face she makes In, when she yeah. realizes what she's drawing, I'm like, <laughs> I remember that face. Yeah. Um, Dome Shi, the director of this movie, in the behind-the-scenes featurette, mm-hmm. um, she shows her notebooks from when she oh, was a wow. kid. She was... I, watching and i'm like man you are brave you're having it she wasn't even with like her parents still live in toronto she's also yeah. she's chinese canadian uh and she she it was during the pandemic when they filmed this behind the scenes because that's when they finished the movie mm-hmm. and so she gets on zoom with her parents that are with a different film crew at their home in canada yeah and has them get her like secret sketchbooks i'm like you are <laughs> a brave woman there's like, you like there's like, like <laughs> One part where she's like, oh, yeah, that one, that one is from, like, a fan contest where you had to draw Draco Malfoy's kids. <laughs> and then, like, immediately after that, she was like, okay, okay, all right, all right, let's put that one away. It's like, like... <laughs> they suddenly rush back to her, what's on the next page? All right, we're closing that sketchbook right now. Right now. Um, there's This is a little bit off topic, but there's also mm-hmm. another part in that, in the behind-the-scenes documentary where mm-hmm. Domi, she's like talking about how proud her parents are of her like how they mm-hmm. have like all this stuff hanging up in their house of mm-hmm. her and she's like it's really great that they they love my work so much but it kind of feels like um like i'm dead like because it's like <laughs> yeah. they have like a little shrine to it's her like a like, shrine of a her banner stuff. yeah a banner of her face <laughs> like her saying it, like kind of feels like i'm dead <laughs> i think it's so interesting too because like she said the movie is heavily inspired by her i mean May is a 13-year-old Chinese Canadian girl in Toronto, and she was a 13-year-old Chinese girl Chinese, living. Yeah. Canadian girl that grew up in Toronto. Um, and so I think it's really awesome to, like, see those parts of her and see her talk about it. So Because it also feels like, I think, especially, like, if you do have a kid or a, t- a teenager who, like, liked the movie a lot, I think to show them in the featurette. Because, like, I think it's also cool to see, like, she's, like, clearly... Like, taking that's inspired by her, it's like, she's on the other side of, like, that drama. Like, because I think a lot of teens, like, think, like, and now my parents are going to hate me forever. And, like, never mm-hmm. really... And I say this because, like, I've worked with people like this who are, like, 22. They're like, I feel like things were the shit my parents when I was 15 and we never got over it. And it's, like, seeing that you can work through it with the right, like, support network. Yeah. And have them oh. show your sketchbook on a Disney Channel feature. <laughs> <laughs> Disney Channel featurette. You know, and Domi, she's like pretty honest about like, you know, she, and also on the featurette, she talks mm-hmm. about how her and her mom used to go on trips, like mm-hmm. um, tourist trips with like Chinese tur- tourism companies. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the big bus when it rolls up. Oh, yeah, full yeah, of, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I've, I've worked in a downtown area. I've encountered yeah. this before. Um, so like she talks about how like at first it was like great to go on these trips and then it just as she grew older like there's less and less to talk about because like you're, she's into like these boy bands and anime and like all this stuff mm-hmm. that like you know she, you can't really mom doesn't understand that yeah you know there's just you know this barrier that just has to be there because like mm-hmm. th- there's gonna be a gap mm-hmm. um, and for me and her mom it's like it, there's it's like that stuff and i think it's so interesting because like in the mm-hmm. movie i think it, the movie drives it home really well because may has uh three three homies uh mm-hmm. there's priya 
Abby. Abby. And White the third girl. one. Mabel. Not Mabel. Mainly? No. Gr- May? No. That, she's May. Ah, uh, Beans. Oh, no. We've run out of names. Okay. Uh, turning red uh, characters. <laughs> we forgot her name. Friends. I'll always Google, like, turning red friends. I, I did turning red characters. Okay. Ming. That's the mom. Priya. Uh. Uh. Abby. Oh. <laughs> Google's is it also like, yes. Is it Miriam? Is that it's it? It's Miriam, yeah. I like how Google's also like, I don't know. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Miriam Mendelssohn. Uh, I think it's really driven home in the film because, like, May is a second-generation Chinese-Canadian, I believe. Because, mm-hmm. like, her mom had moved here with her mom. Yeah. Uh, but, like, she clearly has an affinity for, like, the other immigrant kids. Like, she never mentions, like... Like, she's always like, I don't like that Miriam girl. Yeah. Um, Which I think is something so unique to... I'm not an immigrant, but, like, to, like, BIPOC kids. Where, like, their parents don't like the white friend. Mm-hmm. Because they represent, like... Like, they're the other, right? Because, like, we're the other for their stuff. And, like, maybe... And their parents might be saying the same shit, right? But, like... Yeah. To the BIPOC parent, like, they're the other. Like, there's all... Like, why are you hanging out with this white... Or all these white people, and they're gonna, like, make you weird. Um, And she, like, comes up again and again where the mom is, like... Like, at one point, May is, like... They start... Like, May controls her panda. Um, They need to raise money to see 4Town, which is the band. Mm -hmm. Uh... And they start running the grift at school of, like, hanging out with the cool panda girl, <laughs> which is <laughs> hilarious. Um, yeah. But May, can, May convinces her mom what she's doing is she's joining a math club. And her mom's like, Miriam's going to be in the math club? Are you sure? <laughs> it's like, yes, mother. Miriam's going to be in the math club. <laughs> which, it, I don't know. It's like such a, it is it's a, a very tiny, hilarious, like, yeah. turn of script, right? Of, like... Like, you don't see that. Like, you don't see that. And I think this movie does such a good job of, like, it's a turning-of-age film, but yes, she is also Chinese-Canadian. Yeah, it's very subtle. Like, that's, like, a detail that would maybe, like, fly over the heads of, like, a lot of people. But, like, mm-hmm. that's that's the beauty of this movie is that it has all these kind of subtle details that you can pick up on, especially if it's been something that you've gone through. Mm-hmm. Um, a scene in the movie for me that was like that was when, in towards the climax of the movie, um... Maylin has his heart to heart with her dad, mm-hmm. who like up to this point in the film, he's been there. He doesn't, he doesn't he, like, do much. He like literally doesn't talk. He like has yeah, literally not talked in this film yet. Every he, time someone addresses him, quiet, yeah. Before he can talk, someone like they answer for him. Yeah, he's a very quiet man. So like you don't get to see much from him, but like kind of like this pivotal moment in the movie comes to like this heart to heart that she has with her dad, mm-hmm. and like. I mean, I've been there where, like, I've gotten in this big fight with my mom because, like, when you're going through, like, when you're a teenager, you just fight constantly. And, like, you know, crying your eyes out and, like, talking to um, to my dad about things. Like, even, you know, very recently, if something, like, if I get in a fight, my dad, mm-hmm. if he's home, he'll show up and he'll be like, hey, Brenda. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, that's a really... That's a really good detail. And I've had other friends of mine that have also, like, mentioned, like, yeah, that, that's kind of how what my dad did for me, too. And mm-hmm. it's nice to see that detail in here. Mm-hmm. Um, another detail that's really nice is, like, Ming, which is the mom. Ming is, like, a complicated character. She's a very mm-hmm. real character. Yeah. You get, like, both sides. And, like, Disney has a terrible track record of um, 
mothers are either like not there or like there's nothing to them or yeah. they're evil. Yeah. You know, like the evil stepmom, the evil queen, whatever. Yeah. Um, and like Ming is a very three dimensional character. Mm-hmm. Um, Maylin loves her mom and Ming loves her daughter. And you learn as through the course of the movie that there's like trauma that Ming went through mm-hmm. in her childhood mm-hmm. and like how that kind of translates to like how she's handling this with Maylin. Mm-hmm. And oh God, this movie is just like really, really beautiful. Yeah, I think it is... So, I have so many things to say. I've had the, so much caffeine, I don't know if you can tell. Please continue. The, the first thing is, I thought about it today again. Because so, when the first got came out, it was... It, by a lot of people, including me, like, a lot of parts of the movie got compared to Goofy movie. Yes. Um, a lot of people call it, like, this is this generation's Goofy movie. Um, the music is rem- very reminiscent of Goofy movie, because Goofy movie is in the 90s. This movie mm-hmm. set in 2002. Uh, yeah. Like, Four Town would be a contemporary of Powerline if they were in the same universe, like, 100%. They would mm-hmm. be, like, like Powerline would be on their CD for, like, a feature. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's true, because it is, it's a turning-of-age film, but I think two things. One, I think it is very awesome to see, because, like, it does have that feel. Like, Goofy Movie, I think, held the, held the test of time, because, like, it has a lot of heart. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's what some people can relate to it because it's like, it has a lot of heart and it is like, you know, like you grow up, but it doesn't mean you can't still be in your, like you and your parent can't like figure it out. Yeah. Um, which takes both of you. Like mm-hmm. if any kids listening to this one, why are you, you're not 18 Two, <laughs> it does take your parent too. It's not all on you. Uh, I think the other thing that's important to not lose sight of is like to just equate this to being like a goofy movie because that takes away a lot of the hard work that this team did too yeah um they are similar in that they're both turning of age films with a lot of heart but like watching the behind like i already love this movie and kind of thoughts before we're watching behind these scenes i'm like damn they like put their whole fucking ass in this movie <laughs> like they yeah, work so really. hard it's a very personal movie for a lot of people who worked on it, especially mm-hmm. the director who like, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, very directly based on her own childhood. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And like, even though the plot's similar to a goofy movie, they're different enough where like they handle things. The basic plots, you know, it's like, want to go see a boy band, yeah. uh, lie to parents to go see boy band, you know, yeah. like. <laughs> that, which um, is like, that's like coming that's like turning bait shit like that's what teenagers yeah. want to do they want to go see the fucking concert yeah when people were like oh my god Milan like lied to her mom to like go see a concert like oh my god this is scandalous and i'm like yeah. do you remember in inside out where riley stole her parents credit card and crossed the entire continental u.s <laughs> like, that was wild <laughs> that was, like so wild but i think too like this film had a fast turnaround for a pixar film it only took four years yeah. wild which I don't, like, I guess people aren't us, but, like, so that is very fast for Pixar. Yeah, like, and I feel like they used a lot of, like, different animation techniques with this mm-hmm. one. It's a much rounder film, and that was intentional, because they mentioned that in the behind-the-scenes feature, mm-hmm. as they, like, were going for a different look. They wanted it to be rounder. They wanted it to be, like, more kind of anime and chibi and uh, mm-hmm. soft. So it's, like, it, it doesn't look anything like Wally or mm-hmm. Brave or, mm-hmm. you know inside out like mm-hmm. what i thought was a, so yeah. touching is like um so the there's domishi who is the director and then rana liu who is the production designer who is mm-hmm. the i thought the feature was cool because they described what each person's job is which they never do from like you never know what these people do in these movies yeah 
Like, a lot of, like, they do very important work on these films. And, like, you d- who are they? You know the director. Yeah. That's about it. Like, uh, Rona was a production designer. What she does is, like, helps figure out what the movie's going to look like. Like, mm-hmm. what's the feel? Like, it's, it's almost, think of it like an art direction. If you can't, like, production design. But, like, she also helps with, like, backgrounds and all this stuff. Like, she's helping dummy's vision come to life like dummy's yeah. like talking of her and rona's like all right team so this is what the director wants mm-hmm. uh but rona and dummy had this like sit down because they worked on bow together as well so dummy yeah. was like when i got this job i was like rona's coming with me period uh it seems like i've been friends a long time like rona's been following dummy since like she did animations on like tumblr which is beautiful which is mm, oh my god beautiful mm she's one of us everyone she's <laughs> she's us. a fucking nerd like and that was a shiny song too and i was just like mm, what a fucking nerd <laughs> like, <laughs> god man <laughs> listen it could be you don't 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 give up don't give up if you're draw if you're animating silly stupid little hamsters to 2014 <laughs> k-pop songs my god you can too um be a director on a, a thing at Pixar, and also now you can be, um, she did get a promotion, which we'll probably talk about later. Y- you can also mm-hmm. be promoted to the highest, a higher position in Pixar. You. But it was so awesome, because they were talking about, like, they they were, like, let's make these people look like us. Like, so Domi's like, oh, you have this, like, weird bump in your lip, let's put mm-hmm. that in. Like, all these things in Rona was, like, it was so beautiful. Predictor would be like, these things about you that you see as imperfections, I think, look great and make you unique. Let's put them on the main character. And I'm like, yeah. that is... I I would have cried if it was me. I would have, like, yeah. lost it. <laughs> like, she's got, like, patchy eyebrows. Like, mm-hmm. big, pretty big eyebrows, which yeah. I like seeing. My eyebrows are absolutely massive. Yeah. Like, um, like thicker ankles. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They're like, let's embrace the, like, chunky cuteness. Like, she's, like, built... Like us, they like wanted her to. They want her to feel like a white person with yeah. Chinesey features, and every everyone designed in this film like feels like a person. Like they look like like her mom looks like a person, her dad looks like a person. Mm-hmm. Um, all her friends look like people, and they're all drawn so differently and uniquely. There's no like repeating body types, which yeah, for better or worse, happens on a lot of anime films just for like time. It's just yeah, easier because it, it's hard. It's hard to like generate like different models because you have to rig them all. Like mm-hmm. in some ways, it's harder than traditional animation because you can't just like draw it and then like be good. You yeah. have to like rig the entire model and then like make it movable. Like clothing changes. Like mm-hmm. that's a different model entirely. Like it's mm-hmm. it's incredibly complicated. And mm-hmm. um, to have like these different body types like on all of like the kids, not just her immediate friends, like all of the kids. <laughs> Um, and then in this movie, there's even, like, kids in the background that are, like, in wheelchairs or have crutches or, um, there's one with, like, a diabetes, um, insulin checker in her arm. Um, mm-hmm. you know, like, those are, those are details that, like, mm-hmm. really the only people who are going to notice are the people who, like, are kind of looking, like, who are paying mm-hmm. attention, who are, like, like exactly. there's that, there's a kid in the background who has crutches just like I do, like, mm-hmm. you know, and how much that means. I mean, I mean, someday they'll be in the forefront. We're getting yeah. there. Let's, <laughs> We're let's, getting well, there. hey. hey. Listen, I, I believe in the power of Domishi at this point, because yeah. watching that uh, featurette, like, the movie was great. I, we will, yeah. I will, this is, like, this movie, like, could not have happened without Domishi, period. No. And this featurette is, like, pretty much showcasing that. Um, She had an all, they had an all-women female, they had an all-women leadership team, which the producer mentioned her, like, I think, like, 
30 years at Pixar. She's like, has never happened, at least that she knows of. Yeah. Um, which was wild. They had the first uh, woman who was, uh, oh, no, I just forgot what her role was. She used to do lighting and now she does something else. Oh, the the lesbian? Yes. <laughs> she yes. Was, she was big lesbian. <laughs> <When> she <laughs> was should, like, I have my wife like, who's a firefighter and I yeah. love her and we have two oh children. <laughs> like, She's gay. <laughs> her wife is like a built firefighter. I was like, good for you. <laughs> but I don't know. This whole film, like toe to tip, was a beautiful experience. I think yeah. one of my favorite things that I wish we got more of that we were going that we like were supposed to is Tyler. Tyler. So Tyler is a bully. He's like the bully in the film because, you know, mm-hmm. it's a coming of age Pixar film. Um, he is Blasian. He's black and Asian. I don't think it's stated anywhere like where from Asia because like his dad's black and his mom is Asian. I don't know if it's on record anywhere where she is like because Asia is a big place. I don't know if it's on record if he's like Chinese or if he's korean or if he's like i don't i don't i yeah it's never stated um but there's supposed to be more about tyler in the film that was had to be like scrapped because again like these movies can't go on forever Um, yeah there was a lot happening and it is also a longer film too already it's an hour 40 yeah that was pretty long (laughs) it's all (laughs) worth it It, they don't waste there's not one wasted scene i know you've had movies before where you talk about we're like that scene could have been cut that's 30 seconds right there this movie is like I they I couldn't I'm sure whenever they edit it I can't imagine because nothing seemed like it should be cut. Yeah, everything it fits together like so neatly, mm-hmm. but it still finds time to breathe. But yeah. it doesn't feel like this is an egregious scene like that we don't need here. It's like we need yeah. this breathing moment in order to keep going mm-hmm. <laughs> with the rest of this wild plot. What you I know. do love is I feel like on a Pixar film sometimes there's too many like cameras we're following, like too many people. Mm-hmm. And this one is really just May. Like, there's not yeah. a scene that May isn't a part of somehow, even if she's just like eavesdropping. Yeah, you get like there's like a couple like with like um, Ming and her mom, so like Maylin's grandmother. Yeah, you get like just little little scenes there, like tiny little details, like just like mm-hmm. short scenes that are just kind of like interspersed in there. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, the movie follows um, Maylin. Yeah, uh, I don't know. It is, and it was. It is an incredible incredible film and i don't i my only wish mm-hmm. is because uh dummy she's on record that like she's open to doing more if more gets ordered you know mm-hmm. uh she's like you know open to do more we left it where there's more there's more stories to be told i have more stories to tell but like she's like i you know i'm not in control of the slate essentially yeah um some people some slam the- my fist on the counter and be like i want a series yeah <laughs> Oh my god. Oh, that was wasn't okay. Another featurette thing. I thought it mm-hmm. was so fucking cool and adore and like very cute how like they started filming this featurette and Domi she did like the opening to the movie as the opening to the featurette. Yeah, she was doing her whole like my name's Domi she and I can do a car- like cartwheel and like Yeah. Oh, it was so it was so good. And they used to they they kept they kept calling it a show and I was like was it going to be a show originally cuz that would have been kind of cool. Yeah, I don't know. Like Pixar hasn't done a full show themselves. Like if they do, Mm-mm. like if there's a spinoff from one of their movies animated by like Disney Animation Studios, that would be kind of interesting. Always crap. <laughs> <laughs> maybe leave the maybe leave it to the pros, guys. Um, excuse me, Austin. Have you not seen Buzz Lightyear and Star Command? <laughs> like, 
<laughs> I was like, Have Brenda, you got- you're joking, right? Excuse me. It introduces um, Buzz's nemesis, uh, Diedrich ba- Bader. <laughs> <laughs> it's got Patrick Warburton as Buzz, which is what we've always wanted. And it's got... Wow. <laughs> Alien chick and robot. Alien chick. <laughs> There's a robot, and it there did the whole. Robot. It did the whole nose four a two thing before Joe Hill did. <laughs> Joe Hill thinks he's so fucking original, but <laughs> so here Stark commanded a vampire robot called yeah, nose four a two. Just like ten years before you, Joe. You're a hack. <laughs> but if we if we got more. Um... I would, I would like them to just, so, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say it. Every, all of the friends in this film are clearly very fruity. Um. Yes. Maybe they haven't figured it out yet. Give it, hey, Miriam, just give it Look, some time. You're gonna it's ask 2000, me out. Yeah. It's 2002, and we are, uh, I was gonna do some math. Uh, 10, tw- 10 years out, uh, from Marceline and Bubblegum, uh, kissing. So... Yeah. We got a ways to go, <laughs> but they are—they were all a little fruity. Um, and I—if they do get to make more, I hope they get to just make them fruity. They like very not even like hint at like short of having her kiss a girl that like Priya's interested in some golf girl at school. Yeah, Priya's got like big gay and or bi energy. Like mm-hmm. I like Priya because uh, she's like very into like vampire novels. Yeah, she's like very into vampires. She like reads off-brand yeah. Twilight. Like it's not she, historically accurate though. Twilight no. wasn't out in two thousand two. I'm calling bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> she reads. She reads legally not Twilight. Not um, twi- it's Twilight, but it's not Twilight because that's not historically accurate. Twilight was released in. Give me a second. Give me a second to land this joke. Give I me, believe in you. Just give me one We're second. Stalling. We're stalling just to bring this joke. Two thousand. Eight. Wait, that's the movie. Wait, give me a second. I gotta figure out when the book book came out. Book. It's almost there. We're almost there, everybody. Ah! It's gonna be really. Two thousand five. We are three years out from Twilight coming but out. So was the fanfic out? This is a good question. <laughs> I forgot. No, 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 no. Twilight wasn't a fan fiction originally, wasn't it? Fifty Shades of Grey is a fanfic based on Twilight. Well, oh right, you're right. So Twilight, Look, I'm, a, I'm an asshole. You're right. Yeah, you're right. Twilight is go go watch our go listen. Sorry, it's a it's an audio medium. Go listen to our fanfiction episode in which I talk about how uh, Fifty Shades of Grey is just a um, Twilight alternate universe fanfiction. It's incredible. Anyway, uh, me at later not me. Well, later on at the there's a party scene because again, turning of age for me, you need a party scene. Uh, it's a really good party scene. Uh, Priya is seen, uh, ballrooming with the golf girl that, like, keeps showing up in scenes she's in where she's looking at her. And then they cut to the friends all doing the, like, like, the, like, elbow nudging at each other. I'm like, yeah, I, yeah, I get it. She's clearly. Cause, like, right after this movie came out, a, an open letter came from Pixar to various media outlets that they are like, yeah, there's a bunch of overt queer scenes we've had in our movies that when they make it to Disney for editing, they throw out of our movies. Yeah, and we kind of talked about this with Luca, where it's like, mm-hmm. Luca, that's a gay movie. Clearly. like, like you oh, it's had, so gay. They had the creator, the director and the creator team have say to the press, no, there's nothing gay about this movie. Blink once. <laughs> Blink once if you're being made to say that this movie's definitely not an allegory. For, allegory. allegory mm. mm. 
<gasps> allegory for being a big old queer. <laughs> like, like it's it's like disgustingly in your face, guys. You don't listen. I get that Mickey Mouse himself called you and was like, "Hey, go tell people it's not gay," and you're like, "But it is gay." Yeah, but you gotta oh, tell people. Luca it's can't not. be gay. <laughs> <laughs> Put a girl in there for him to want to date. <laughs> yeah, uh, and also. <laughs> The girl can't have a raging bisexual energy. <laughs> Spoiler alert, she does. They tried so hard, and that movie is like, I'm like, everyone, it'll just like this one, like, everybody a little fruity in this movie. Yeah, it's like, everyone's gay. The dad's gay, the aunt's gay, the fish are gay. Like, like whole toe to tip. Everyone in Italy is gay. Every Everyone knows this. <laughs> This isn't clip. this this isn't news. <laughs> this is this is this is a hundred percent factual information about Italy from me, a notorious <laughs> lover of Italy who definitely did not say in a previous episode who cares about Italy. <laughs> oh God. Um. Anyway, um, this this movie yeah. is great. It it is like, yeah. Anyway, like, clearly, it, I will. I could go on for years about miriam trying to like hit on boys with man i'm like damn girl just tell you like her like listen you're in the uniform just give it a few years (laughs) big gay energy from miriam (laughs) yeah all of them are just like raging just homosexuals yeah it is i love this movie so much i think i i don't know i don't so Take the mic, Brenda. What did you say words? <laughs> I have so many words. Yeah. It's kind of hard to articulate, like, what makes this movie so good. Because it's a lot of, like, small, subtle things. Mm-hmm. And it's the fact that, like, this is the first movie I've ever seen directed at children in which they mention a period. Right. Like, in- because initially, right? yeah. Initially, Ming thinks that May's, Malin's gotten her period. Which is, mm-hmm. I feel like, 100% valid. Like, mm-hmm. um, She's which is also its own form of trauma. <laughs> like. Um, but Ming's just like, you know, she's freaking out, but she's like also ready to go. She's like, I've got tampons. Mm-hmm. I've got pads. I've got ibuprofen. I've got mm-hmm. all of, I've got a heating pad. I've got chocolate. I'm ready. I'm mm-hmm. prepared. As a mother, I prepared myself for this moment and mm-hmm. God damn it. I'm going to make sure I do this mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. Um, more of that, please. Because like, um, getting your period for anyone who has a uterus, traumatizing, absolutely yeah. traumatizing. When yeah. I was first, cause like, I don't really think anyone ever told me. Mm-hmm. I was handed like that. Everyone, everyone with a uterus knows this one. This the American girl, American girl book they hand you when you mm-hmm. get close to thirteen, where they're like, they're like, here you go. This is everything you need to know. And like, I'm reading it, and I'm like, this is a joke, right? <laughs> You're punking me, right? You mean I every <laughs> month? When does it end? When I'm fifty? Can't wait till I'm 50. Yeah, maybe. (laughs) Can't wait till I'm 50. And then I remember my mom very distinctly telling me, like, well, then your life's, like, over. And I'm like, I think my life's over now. (laughs) I think you're 50 and you just die. Wait, what? (laughs) I'm like, getting a period every month? Forever? For the birds. (laughs) This is not it. Absolute hell. Let me just... Mm. 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 Um, As someone who's, like, I mean... Okay, this is a little personal, but I'm pretty open about it just because I feel like I have to be open about it. Hey, if your period um, knocks you out for, like, several weeks, you might have endometriosis. Go get mm-hmm. that checked out before you mm-hmm. lose an ovary and a tube mm-hmm. and other stuff. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. go and to if the doctor. your doctor doesn't believe you, kick them in the knee and say it again kick, louder. Yeah. yeah, 
it's just, just ugh, it's frustrating how long it takes to get diagnosed with endometriosis because just nobody cares. But like, it's not normal to throw up on your period. That doesn't for happen legal, to everyone. For legal reasons, that joke about me kicking a doctor is a joke. No, kick a doctor. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Brenda, <laughs> Brenda says it's <laughs> old pappy. Brenda says it's okay. <laughs> Brenda, for seeing uh, your mysteries, told me to do this as they kick the doctor. Who? From what? Why are you Who is that? <laughs> what is Secret Histories and Nerd Mysteries? I've never heard of it. And then they pull out our business cards that we have that I keep forgetting to bring places in which I need to hand people a business card. Look, I got them double-sided and I put a QR code on them. This isn't a visual medium, um, but I am holding it because I keep them right next I'm to my also, desk. I also keep them next to my desk and they feel yeah. so good. I love, I will... They're my, they, I fiddle with them sometimes. It's great. I don't, they're in like a thing on my desk to hand out as if someone would come into my personal home and <laughs> know. not know about my podcast. I should keep these in my purse. You know, like right. when I was talking like, to like the guy at the box lunch who like I've been to, like just kind of casually talking to and been like, please. And he's like, you know, changing jobs and be like, all right, well, I'll never see you again here. Please listen to my podcast. <laughs> like, Yeah, I, the period scene I think was, I think that was the first the movie starts and it like has heart but like that was the scene where i'm like okay this movie's gonna like get into it yeah uh and it definitely did and it's like never stops getting into it down to like there uh okay so if you haven't seen turning red skip to our credits because i at this point i'm just gonna like be talking about like climax stuff uh so if you haven't seen turning red <laughs> thanks for listening skip to the credits see you next episode <laughs> <laughs> But the climax of the movie where she has to go, like, through powers, the things that happen, her mom's panda comes back. Yeah. Uh, they have to seal mom's panda back up because mom's panda is like a kaiju. Yeah, her mom is monster. a kaiju. And, like, her dad's kind of in- into it. Like, you know, like, yeah. when they reveal, like, oh, her panda's, like, really big. Like, she's mm-hmm. big. Mm-hmm. And, like, her dad's just like, yeah. And he kind of just, like, nods, and it's like, oh, you monster monster fucker. fucker. (laughs) We're perverts. Um, Uh, Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm just, this is what I am. Hey, I love you. I wouldn't look at us. Look at us. We have 77 episodes. No one can stop us now. No one can stop us. Um, We're in the big leagues now. (laughs) But what I loved about it is, like, they go to save the mom's panda, and when they do... uh, they both there's like this spirit world they're in when like they're sealing their panda away where they essentially have to decide to do it mm-hmm. um and as she saves her mom she like hears her mom's trauma from when she was a 13 year old about like doing this and how everyone hates her and etc yeah. and so on she's like you know try so hard to be perfect like she her mom essentially says all the stuff that may has been thinking that she's been afraid to say to her mom yeah uh and then when her mom like goes like to get rid of her panda again she's like just come with me and May's like, no, I can't. Like that. Like this. This is my life, and I'm gonna live it. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, uh, I've seen some people like you know they like. What if she had gone? And some people like you know I wish that all the family would have kept their pandas, like all the other women in the family that you meet. And I'm like, they. That's not their. That's not their journey. Like they. Yeah. The for for it to be May's journey, they had to in the story make them give up their panda. Like they've already yeah. learned to live with that. And what I liked about it is, like, this is a small detail. The panda has to be sealed away in, like, a bracelet or a necklace, typically. Mm-hmm. Like, they all have, like, little devices or – not devices, but little things that, like, the panda yeah. has been sealed away in. And if that gets broken, the panda gets back out. Mm-hmm. And so at the end of the film, um, Ming's 
Panda gets locked in um, Malin's Tamagotchi. Because yes. it's 2002. Which was a little late into the Tamagotchi phase, but like, whatever. But anyway. Listen, they just wanted Tamagotchis. <laughs> I know. I'm like, I'll let it slide. But anyway, um, at the end of the film, uh, Ming's panda gets locked inside Malin's Tamagotchi. And at the end of the film, you see Ming taking care and nurturing this Tamagotchi mm-hmm. that has her panda in it. So it's not mm-hmm. just steal away and inaccessible to her it's Mm -hmm. like something that she's kind of nurturing and taking care of and like Mm -hmm. it's a part of her again but maybe Mm -hmm. not as much of a part of her she missed her chance to have it be a part of her as much as malin it's going to be a part of malin i mean Um, she's she's got to go through like a lot of therapy because the way i saw it is like people like why is it so big i'm like oh she's like super traumatized she has she has a lot of repressed emotions to work through for sure her panda comes out when she gets into a fight with her mom about you know, being in love with uh, Jin, her husband, like her future mm-hmm. husband. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's like, whereas like Maylin was like in her room and kind of like you had her trans- transformation was like a little more private. Like with Ming, it was like a very like trauma born response. Mm-hmm. So like her relationship with that aspect of herself is different. Mm-hmm. Um, and she also attacked her mom. She also attacked her mom and her mom has like a literal like scar. So like yeah. there's that trauma too. Like, you know, like this thing I've, I hurt people when mm-hmm. this thing was out. Mm-hmm. And so she she doesn't want that she's to like happen to Malin. Yeah, she's afraid of it. And she doesn't want Malin to hurt anyone. And when in the point of the movie where Malin almost does hurt someone, you know, that's like very, stre- yeah. very stressful. That's, moment that's when she's film. like, this is a monster. I can't. Yeah. I can't do this. I can't. I have to go through the ritual. I have to lock it away. I can't go to the concert. Um, it Abby, is. Go for <laughs> it. Abby mixes up toronto and toledo oh so they get God. the dates of the cuts and, and like when she's like what the hell is toledo and we're michiganders so you just I fucking know lost it i lost it and like we're michiganders so like we lost toledo <laughs> so we like to dunk on it like yeah. hey, dunk on ohio especially dunk on toledo like i've been to toledo what the hell <laughs> what's a toledo what is a toledo that was uh, so- yeah, it was, this movie, like, has so many, like, little points that are, like, very touching and very mm-hmm. been funny. Like, like I think ten minutes after that, where Abby's like, what's a Toledo? There's a scene where, May, or maybe it's before, but Maylin's grandma shows up to do the ritual. Mm-hmm. And she tells her, she's like, you know, I lost your mom to the panda. Like, it ruined our relationship. We were never yeah. the same again. Like, I still love her, and she's my daughter, but we're no longer. Like, she's like... I know fully that we are not close and she does not like me, but yeah. I won't let that happen to you too. And I think that was also very, because t- this is like through line of this like generational trauma through this family of like the older thinking they're doing what's best to like help the new generation. Like this yeah. happened to me and I don't worry, we're going to do it totally better. You know, and it was like originally like the panda was a gift. Yeah. And, but over time it got recontextualized as a burden. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the movie kind of going full circle and being like, no, this thing was a gift. Emotions are a gift. Mm-hmm. Um, being like your loudest, best you is a mm-hmm. gift. Mm-hmm. Um, and don't let anyone tell you that it's not. Mm-hmm. Um, and like reclaiming that mm-hmm. also mm-hmm. was very powerful. There's just it so many little so little many ways. Things. There's many different ways you can interpret this movie in different ways, that like mm-hmm. different things that you can get out of it. And like with like, yeah different rewatches you can catch like different little nuances mm-hmm. and that's just like that's some of the most masterful storytelling i've seen in a long time absolutely um and i kind of like the last thing that i have to say about the movie is just that i 
feel like this movie is what maybe Brave was trying to be mm. initially. Because mm-hmm. notoriously, like, you know, Brave is also a story about a mother and a daughter and, like, recontextualizing the relationship. But, like, mm-hmm. Brave, the, the director of Brave, like, pretty infamously was, like, you know, kind of, like, removed from the project. Like, I mean, she was still working on it, but, like, it wasn't solely her vision anymore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and it got, like, you know, redone and retooled. And, like, what mm-hmm. kind of came out didn't feel like an accurate depiction of burgeoning woman. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it, it you can feel it. Like, yeah, brave is like okay. It feels, yeah, it feels disjointed, and you can kind of like at the time it was like it was nice to see a movie that was trying to be about a mother and a daughter, mm-hmm. but like it didn't have like that authenticity to it. You know, you mm-hmm. have a feeling that like, um, and I guess maybe like it, uh, turning red benefits from like being like you know a period piece. Like it's yeah, it takes place in two thousand two, and Domi she was 13 in 2002 so she's able to like very accurately show that whereas like mm-hmm. no one working on brave was a, a i don't know how old is merida like 16 15? i think so because it's like fantasy Ish. it's like she's a little older it's like medieval setting they're trying to like marry her off so like mm-hmm. that's like 16 right yeah so like 16 ish like it doesn't she doesn't really feel like no one was like a 16 year old yeah scottish the- girl <laughs> and, like old time scottish times like so i mean it might be like a more difficult story to tell because mm-hmm. you can't draw from personal experiences but you can still like the original director you know it was still a 16 year old girl yeah. at some point yeah. and they get like it plays like on that same you know like um my little my little mermaid what the fuck my little mermaid my <laughs> little mermaid you'll <laughs> always be in my heart <laughs> it plays on like on that same like kind of like t- pop culture television depiction mm-hmm. of like 16 year olds where like it's like but daddy i love him <laughs> like you know <laughs> yeah um and they were they were really trying to do something with brave mm-hmm. like her being like kind of like more headstrong and like i feel like mm-hmm. a lot of emphasis was put on like the physics of her hair which was wild mm-hmm. we've come so far <laughs> like um, yeah it's just like Maybe this is, like, the movie that Brave wanted to be initially. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad that, you know, it took, like, what was it? What was it? Like, Brave came out, like, ten years ago? Like... I think so, yeah. I'm glad we finally have, like, a movie, like, Turning Red. Yeah. And I hope that we get more movies like Turning Red. I um, do, too. It was... It feels like what... Like, there are moments where, like, when you've been watching cartoons and stuff as long as I have. And I know that sounds like I'm saying I'm old, but, like... Being 30 in 2022, like, Mm. almost 31, like, we've been through two cartoon renaissances. Yeah. Which is a wild statement, but, like, animation moves fast. Um, It feels like we've, like, just witnessed, like, Pixar has just hit a new new era. Like, Pixar is about to, like, like, Pixar is like, oh, you ain't seen shit yet. Hold on. You know, people were kind of worrying, like, oh, has Pixar lost their touch? And, like... Mm -hmm awful journalists who are bad at their jobs um <laughs> were saying the same thing about this film like you know like mr Mc, mcwhiteman's smith yeah. was saying that um he couldn't relate to the movie and it was uncomfortable to watch and it's like oh sorry you feel like my life experiences aren't making you uncomfortable sir yeah, i don't like, know what to fucking tell I don't, you do you, yeah it's you like, do you relate I, more to iron man like yeah you, i don't i don't how <laughs> i can't relate to iron man and yet i still enjoy watching him suffer like <laughs> beat him up i, I laughed when he died <laughs> <laughs> throw him 
through another alien portal. Let's see what happens. Like, <laughs> love watching that man. <laughs> <laughs> you don't. Hey, hey, moviegoers, you don't know. I've read so many comics. Fuck Iron Man. Yeah, fuck Iron Man. You know, um, but like, you know, like white guys get like so upset when thing is not about them and yeah, not catered exactly. to them. And like everyone else is like, and there's no white guys. You, there's yeah, there's, o- no, there's, there's, there's one white person and it's Miriam. Yeah, that's it. And then like the like the blonde like semi bully girl is also white, but oh yeah, you're yeah. right. I but forgot about it. her. I don't think she's named, so that's why I forgot about her. I know she's like girl, blonde girl. <laughs> like, yeah, um, yeah. It's like everyone else has not like a cis white man has like gotten used to not having things that cater to them and mm. are able to enjoy media without mm. having it to be expressly about them. And right. I've seen so many awful movies about so many. so many awful movies about boring white guys. Also played so many video games about boring white guys. Um, I don't listen. White guys are boring. I don't know what to tell. If that I'm upsets sorry. you, guess what? It's my podcast. Get, get dunks. I don't really care. It's like, James Bond, I don't care. I don't Shut care. Shut up. My name is James. I don't, hey, listen, I'm on my white guy quota. I'm not going to remember your name. Stop talking. <laughs> yeah. James Bond? Like, like war bonds? Like, Who? what? Your name is James Bond? Yeah. Jimmy, Jimmy Bondo? Okay, I'll did write you, that down. Did you pick that name? Well, no. Okay, yeah, then it's dumb. If you picked it, then, like, I'm not going to dunk on your chosen name. But, like, if yeah. that's just, like, no, shut up. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. This movie had so 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 much heart i think my mm-hmm. last thing about it is just like i think what got what i got me is uh they did an old-fashioned like here's me saying the you know premise of the movie which like movies don't are, are like afraid to do but i think this movie earned it where yeah, may is like it... you know every all of us have a side of us that's like messy and angry and like i love i i love when movies can do that when they've like it's not just like were you not paying attention? Let me tell you every single thing you missed. Um, yeah. But it's just like, it's at the very beginning and then it's bookended at the end. Mm-hmm. Like, so it like just kind of like very accurately displays like what has changed and what has stayed the same. Mm-hmm. And another thing I liked about this movie is that like May's um, like culture is like very important to her and like her family's mm-hmm. like spirituality. Like they, they own a shrine. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. Um, the movie does not involve her giving that up or like moving yeah. away from that in order to be yeah. modern the movie is about yeah. her embracing that finding a way to modernize that mm-hmm. in her context and embrace like this mm-hmm. gift that was given to her by her ancestor mm-hmm. you know i've and i've seen people too i've seen um people who are children of immigrants talk about it too like the pandas mm-hmm. like a uh, immigrant allegory because like at the end she leaves like in half like little girl form half like panda form she has like panda furry. ears and a tail as if she's yeah she leaves as a furry um <laughs> <laughs> she leaves in furry form and her mom's like oh, you're not gonna go out like that she's like I, you know she says my pain and my choice which is the plan on my body my choice thing mm-hmm. but people contextualized it as like you know that's like her like if i wanted to go with my friends when i was 15 and i went out like in a traditional top or something like a traditional like overcoat and then like blue jeans and my parents are like what do you go why are you dressed like this because like, i i want to be um because yeah. like those like people who are children of immigrants who are art immigrants like have such a difficult tightrope that society forces them to walk in yeah and like that's not something that we can comment on no um, we'll that, pretty, i just like, mentioned it because i saw yeah. like a tweet about it and i thought i was like oh I, like i would never think of that because i don't have yeah. that experience um 
you know, like neither of us are like the children of immigrants, and yet we still enjoyed the movie. Wild, yeah, that. wild, <laughs> incredible. It's like I can relate in other ways to being thirteen and trying to figure out like who you are and who you like. Yeah, and it's not that you have to figure it out then, but like it's the first step. And I think, I think it's so cool because like it almost like there's this weird parallel going on. I mentioned this is my last thing. I, I mentioned Tyler mm-hmm. earlier. Yeah, I like it because like Tyler like keeps showing up throughout the movie as this asshole. Mm-hmm. And then there's a point in the movie where he's like, hey, I have a birthday party. I want to pay the panda to come. And they're like, fuck you, because you've been an asshole. Yeah. And May's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. We still need those concert tickets. So sure, but it's going to cost you a lot of money. He's like, cool. I just need people to show up to my party. Like, And you're like, oh, Tyler's miserably depressed and alone. Yeah. And, I, and he I doesn't do wish... know how to make friends. Yeah. And like, I do wish that we could have gotten more from him. Because like the end of the movie, there is like a happy ending where he joins their friend group. Yeah. You um, find out he's I a wish... secret four-towner and he yeah. meets, he shows he meet, he sees him at the concert. And... They have something in common. And, you know, like, so he's kind of like integrated into their group. And I wish we could have mm-hmm. seen a little more like resolution of like, hey, you were really shitty to us. Yeah. There was no time. No, there was and no time. I'll accept it. Yeah. That's like, that, that might be like the clumsiest, like, ass, like, plot aspect of the film but it still felt satisfying enough to like where they didn't like leave him as like a kind of like bully character like yeah you know um you can find common ground with people mm -hmm. and like can kind of like you know get to know them like Mm -hmm. sometimes if you if you freeze frame at the end he has the friendship bracelet they all have Aww, uh, that's gay. It's very. Also, Tyler's very gay. He's clearly <laughs> the gay kid who is terrified of people finding out, so he's like overcompensating. Um, yeah, he's also listen, like very rich. So he's very rich. Listen, dummy, she totally like. Did she mention like you know they had to cut a lot of Tyler's story? Dummy, totally hear you. Don't worry. You'll get him in the sequel. You'll get to make him super gay. No one can stop yeah. you. You're we're gonna a, make sure. You're a force. We're going to make the mouse rue the day he ever said no gay. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, everyone's beating Mickey Mouse's ass about that shit, man. They got their own presidents. They got people from Pixar. They got people from Marvel. Like, all like, this is fucking stupid. Yeah, this is 2022. It's like, Owl House was real gay. Like, cartoons are just gay now. Like, I'm sorry. There was an overtly gay scene they took out of Lightyear, apparently, that they put back in because of all the backlash. So we have returned the gay... I keep forgetting that Lightyear's coming out. Yes, I don't, me too. <laughs> I, do, I don't know what to think. It's just very tonally... It's very different from yeah. Turning Red. Yes. Um, I mean, right, I'm going to see it, especially if it's streaming. I don't think it is, though. But I am going to see it because I'm a mm. curious little bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I have to know. It just feels very bizarre. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, the only Buzz Lightyear that I acknowledge is the Buzz Lightyear Star Command cartoon in which... Oh my god, Brenda. <laughs> I brought it full circle. I brought the bit back. It's the bit that there keeps was, on giving. There's one last thing you had to tell us. Don't mean she got a, a raise, you say. Yes. Let me bring up my notes. I gotta get off this Twilight um, page I was on and go back to the notes I had pulled up about it. Yeah, so like... Pretty soon after Turning Red came out, two people who worked on it were um, given promotions. Mm-hmm. Um, Domi Shi and Lindsay Collins, who was the um, the producer of the film. Mm-hmm. And Collins has been um, upgraded, promoted? Promoted yes. to Senior Vice President of Development, um, where she is leading uh, – sorry, Angel is like trying to, trying oh, to get on my laptop. Um, her features in streaming. She's going to be – 
part of a development group at Pixar for features and streaming. Mm. Um, oh, nice. Oh, and then oh, streaming, you say. You're streaming. What were we just talking about? And then Domi is vice president of creative um, okay. up there with uh, Andrew Stanton, um, Peter Son, and Dan Scanlon. So she's the first woman in this group. Um, wow. Which is great. And I think that like she's super, yeah, super deserving of it. Um, I know, I think it was Andrew Stanton was like the one who like gave her like some of her earlier opportunities at Pixar. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just can't, Angel, please stop chewing on my packaging for my stuff. <laughs> like, I think I'm that's... just really, really excited to see what comes up. One second. Yeah, my, cat, my cat has absolutely um, outrageous pica. <laughs> like, so literally I'm whole, I wish you could see him. He has a plastic mm-hmm. bag in his mouth that mm-hmm. I have to, they have to rest from his jaws. <laughs> I think I'm excited too because I know um, Peter Son is Korean American. Yeah. Uh, and so now there's like there's like two white guys and two not white people. Um, and so hopefully that can like keep shifting where there's no more yeah. white people there. They, Let's like, diversify that a little enough. bit more. <laughs> uh. I mean, too, I think it was, it was really awesome to watch, like I said, the feature, it was cool, like, seeing, like, like, all the women that were on the leadership team were, like, it was so incredible to go and be on this leadership team, and it's, like, all women at the meeting. They're, like, so often I've been, like, one of maybe two or three women in a meeting, or, like, the only one, but, like, all of the women here are leadership, and it's, like, um, Rona, during the movie, she was pregnant, she's, like, I wasn't afraid to tell my, like, co-workers that I needed to go take a nap, and I wasn't, yeah. like... There's just certain things that people who are women or who are uh, femme or who, like, menstruate or all of that stuff, like, that they don't feel comfortable telling people who aren't. Like, they just afraid. They've been societally trained that it's, like, a bad mm-hmm. thing and don't talk about it. And the feel, yeah. that kind of comfort must have been, like, like you can you can feel that this film, like, felt like a family. And Domi was the force behind that. Uh, like, please never forget her name. She... Yeah, she she set up like Zoom meetings when they had to work from home. She was like talking to people every day. Like that's so much work for a director. She still had to do yeah, director. She didn't shit. have to do that. Yeah, she no. did not have to do that. And it's like implied that like you know none of the other directors really did that. She like mm-hmm. set up like these coffee meetings like during um like when the pandemic started, mm-hmm. where they would just like talk about stuff. Yeah. And you know that's like she did not have to do that at all. And it's kind of like the the thing about like um. Rona taking like naps when she needed it to like you know like that really stood out to me because like mm-hmm. I've always like been especially recently I've been like really mm-hmm. afraid of like kind of getting back into a work situation because those are yeah. things that I have to ask for mm-hmm. I fall asleep at three almost exactly three o'clock every day I cannot stop it <laughs> like mm-hmm. um you know I get like immensely sick and it's like I'm getting a little personal but it's like I really want to do things mm-hmm but a lot of like industries are very hostile to people yeah. who need accommodations like that. Absolutely. And to hear that on this Pixar movie, like those accommodations were granted to a woman who was heavily pregnant. Mm-hmm. Um, it, to that woman who it, had her first yeah. two kids. She had twins yeah, as her first two. Tw- like that's twins. Oh, fuck. Twins. <laughs> Thank God. I have a cousin that has twins and I just hear stories and I'm just like, oh my God. <laughs> like, At the start of production, because they were almost two. And this movie started in 2018, so, like, at the start, she, like, got pregnant, had twins, and, like, I think what, like, why I talk about so much is because it makes that movie so much more endearing to me that, like, this team had that kind of support of, like, Mm -hmm. no, like, go, yeah, go, like, whatever, like, it's just a fucking movie, you know? Like, the the ability to say that, like, even though 
it meant so much to Domain, it meant so much to this team to just also be like, it's literally a movie. Like, it's it's yeah. not more important than your health. Some people need ex- extra accommodations. Yeah. Um, they can work. And they still got it done in four years. They maybe, still got it done. Listen, they got it to the race. <laughs> listen, maybe that's what happens when you have positive support behind you. You still get, sh- you're like, wow. listen, I will take a nap and come back and work twice as hard because I, I believe in this. Because I'm well rested and I'm ready to go. <laughs> like, you know. Anyway. Yeah. We've been talking forever. This one's been long. This is a long one. There was there was a lot to say. There's a lot. Turning Red's incredible. The yeah, critics like, love it. Reviewers love it. Nielsen loves it. Everyone loves it. If you haven't seen watch, it, you'll see it. Yeah. Definitely watch the behind the scenes for it. Because oh, like yes, I please. thought I thought that I couldn't love this movie any more than I did. And then I watched the behind the scenes and you just you just see everyone worked on it and it you know, it's it's good to see and it makes me feel optimistic about the future of like the industry. So hopefully we continue on in this direction. And I don't know why my voice has suddenly become very stilted. But also, yeah, when are we going to get that four-town full album? Just saying. When it, uh, like, the four-town, tra- they're just all over TikTok. Like, <laughs> they are, they, l- drop the, look, Domi, listen, Domi. call up Billie Eilish and her brother, drop yeah. the album. <laughs> drop it. Like, the fact that it's not out, those songs, great. Like, they're incredible. Great. I've listened yeah. to those three songs so often, and I'm like, I know Billie Eilish is sitting somewhere. Like, I do have a full album if you want it. Just fucking waiting. It's <laughs> just ready to go. Billie, release the four town. Release cut. it. <laughs> <laughs> like, because, oh, like, those God. songs are like, they're silly. Pop songs are silly. Like, yeah. so these ones are like, kind of like slightly intentionally silly. Like, they're like, you make my tummy turn. And I'm like, but Listen, it's, nope. it's nobody good music. Like you, wait, that song would, I was transported to 2000. Like, this song would, yeah. everyone be fucking, this would be on everyone's mixtape to their crush. Oh my God. This would be, it, yeah. This is um, the track. <laughs> you like, you like call your crush and you like, pl- you put the phone near the radio and then you ask them to the dance. <laughs> exactly. Like, the music is great. Every aspect of this film was like so well thought out. Like the Four Towns music. Also, all of the Four Town boys have like backgrounds. Like one of them is like yes. is like a dad. <laughs> yes, they 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 went all out. Like Domi was in an interview just about Four Town, and she has a whole history for all of them. That is so. You don't. She does not have to do that. She doesn't. And they're like, oh, I. They're like. So they were like, and then it was like, haha, I'm ready for four time behind the music. Domi's like, oh, I have a whole skeleton for that if we ever make it. Release the. <laughs> Listen, Domi, she is going to change. She's already changed movies. Like, she is going to be the name every. Like, when we are like 50, all of the like 30 olds will be like, time out their favorite Domi she movies, and I can't fucking wait. I can't wait. And on that note, I think we do have to leave it because future we Brenda do. is screaming. Like I'm having a great time. I could talk I'm about so this sorry. longer. <laughs> I'm it's so okay. Sorry. It's I know. Is this is this our long? I don't think this is our longest one yet. I think we have hit two hours at one point, but we, we're close. But we're gonna leave it so future Brenda stops screaming right now. Uh, hey everybody! Uh, I know we said the episode was done, but I lied. Uh, there's one last thing I wanted to make sure we. Mentioned that we didn't really have time to get into in the episode, but I just wanted it said. Uh, it seemed important to say, important to me, important to just be considered about. So Turning Red was absolutely amazing. I cannot, like, give Domishi all of her flowers. Whole crew, whole team popping off. Just loved it. Again, love the movie. Um, but something it does do a lot of, I see a lot in media, is it uses a lot of AAVE, excuse me, or 
African-American vernacular English. Um, sometimes he's just African-American English and not vernacular. Um, but that's not the argument here to make right now. Um, but he uses a lot of AEVE, uh, and a lot of black cultural touchdowns, a lot of black cultural slang and mannerisms and culture throughout, um, which a lot of people see as like, that's just youth culture. Or sometimes you hear that's just internet culture. That's Gen Z culture. Um, but that's just like not true. I don't think anyone is being malicious. I think it is just like something that a lot of people don't have awareness of. Um, even given the fact, you know, like the boy band is very much stylized as like a nineties boy band, but most boy bands take again from black culture. A lot of them were modeled after black boy bands and then, uh, whitewashed. Um, and the boy band does have black members in it, but again, they're more like, set pieces because they're not really characters which is fine they're just like the band they all like um the only black character you have in the movie is tyler who is blasian who i talked about um who's a bully throughout and we don't really get much of a story from but again they focused on may they had to make some tough choices don't mean she seems like she had a lot in mind for tyler so maybe we'll see more of that if they do a short or a sequel that they've expressed interest in doing if it gets ordered so we don't know um but there's just a, a few things the scene I mentioned with Priya, uh, doing the voguing ballroom dancing. Um, a lot of the mannerisms with the girls, they do like the hand smack, snap away, like psh, which is a thing from black culture. Um, the slang they use, the vernacular. So that's just all stuff to be aware of that it comes from somewhere. And I think it's important to talk about with a movie that is so much about finding out who you are, where you're going, and where you're from. Um, so that's it. Still love Trending Red. Don't use this dunk on the movie. Just be over it when you watch media. Okay, now goodbye for real. I promise, actually. I don't know if this is after the credits or before the credits, but if it's after the credits, you will hear nothing. And if the credits haven't happened yet, here are the credits. Thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode of Secret Histories of Nerd Mysteries. Our music was provided by Esperanza Garay Negron, and you can find their music on Bandcamp at knifenun.bandcamp.com. Our introduction was voiced by Cafe 3G. You can find him under that handle on Twitter and Instagram. This podcast is a part of the Nacellecast Podcast Network. You can find us at Nerd Mysteries on Twitter. The show is edited and produced every week by the amazing host Brenda. And as a reminder, please, 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 if you're listening to Apple Podcasts, throw us a five-star review. Helps to show it a lot. Tell a friend about the show. And until next time, historians, see ya.